Hi, I'm Rick Sanchez. Have you noticed lately that everybody is speaking for Latinos and one of the things they seem to be saying is that we are all different. Yes, we Latinos, you and me and the rest of the bunch, we're all so incredibly different. Why are they constantly saying that? What the hell is going on here? And if you're Latino, a little or a lot, you should think about this. And then you should ask yourself the following question. Why are they saying this? I'm, I'm going to get you to that answer. I'm going to get you to that answer. This is, this is really fascinating. I wish more people were saying this. Because to me, it seems obvious as hell. So let's start with this. It's a good place to start. I got a message to all the non-Latinos out there who feel that they know more about us, Latinos, than we know about ourselves. They must, right? Because they're constantly doing this. To those of you who are constantly going on TV or writing articles about us, I have four words for you. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. Seriously. Stop coming up with names for us. Stop describing us, right, by some color, right? By putting X behind us for some reason. Why are you doing that? You doing that for Irish people? Are you doing that for everybody else? No, just us. We, you get an X. Last time I checked, X means exclusion. And by the way, we're not brown. We're Latinos. It's not about a color. We're Latinos. We're proud of our ancestry. Proud to be Latinas and Latinos. Last time I checked, brown is some marketing campaign for uh, a delivery company, right? What can brown do for you? I'll tell you what most people could do for us. Stop calling us a color. We're not a color. We're a people, right? A civilization. And it's rich. So if we're not a delivery company and you remove the delivery company from the argument, what does that leave you with? That makes you think that associates with this color, right? I'll tell you what it is. Something that doesn't smell real good, right? And frankly, I don't like the smell of that. We choose to describe ourselves. Starting now, we describe ourselves. Some liberal think tank doesn't describe us. Fox News doesn't describe us. We describe us. We are the Latinos in this country. You know what else we need you to stop doing? Stop trying to sound cool by telling us how different we all are. Like you, you meet a Latino and the first thing you say is, oh yeah, Latinos. It's funny how you guys are all so different. Stop saying that. Stop saying we're not monolithic. Stop pointing out our differences if we're, as, if, as if, by the way, we're the only group of people in the world who might have different likes and dislikes. Like, we're not all the same. No shit. Who is? I mean, look at these headlines. I'm going to take you through a couple of headlines. This first one is from freaking Time Magazine, man. Time Magazine. They write, why it's a mistake to simplify the Latino vote. Well, let me ask you something, Time Magazine. What group should be simplified? I mean, what a stupid question. Or what a stupid assertion. Here, let me write a couple of new headlines for you, Time Magazine. Why it's never good to simplify all birds. Why it's never good to call all the reptiles the same. They're different, you know. There's different reptiles. Really? No. How about Asians? How about Europeans? Are they all the same? Why would you do this? I mean... <laughs> 
You, you want me to take you to start talking about things that should be maybe the same or shouldn't be? I mean, tell me this. When is it ever good to simplify any group of people? And this is Time Magazine. I mean, ask yourself. These are supposed to be some of the smart ones. Time Magazine. And they're saying this. They're writing this. Here's another one. Let me give you another example of what we're talking about. This is the Orange County Register. By the way, these were easy to find. Little Google search. They came up everywhere. Orange County Register says, Latinos make clear that they are not a monolith. Again, no shit. That must be why as a Latino, I love pork chops. And my daughter, who is a Latina, hates pork chops. Aha. See, we're not monolithic. Wow. Thank you, Orange County Register. Now I can sleep at night. <laughs> Here's another one. I mean, they just go on and on. We, I could bore you with these things, but I'll share one more. Just a friendly reminder, we are not a monolith, they write, right, in this article. Well, thank you for that reminder. And here's a reminder for you. Telling any group of people that they are not all the same makes you a douchebag. This very woke trend that we're hearing everywhere, but especially from the conservative media, is filtering down even to Latinos. Even Latinos, writers and speakers are now apparently co-opting this stupid thing that they're saying, even about themselves. I mean, nothing like helping your enemies destroy you, right? Journalists, even Latino journalists, repeat this trope. And so do politicians. The most recent example that we're uh, talking about is the First Lady, uh, Jill Biden, who went to speak with a group of Latinos. And what was her talking point? You may have seen this. She's talking to Latinos. And the whole idea that she's trying to get across is Latinos from all over the country are different, right? We're all different which is what she read and heard about. So she figured she had to say something like this. So when she came to talking about Latinos who happen to live in certain parts of Texas, she said, see, they're different because they are like. And as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, San Antonio. That didn't go over so well. Nope. Now, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists say they were insulted by the use of the word tacos used in the same sentence with Mexicans, to which I say, really? I mean, that's all she got wrong? The only thing she got wrong is she said the word tacos? I mean, frankly, I could give a shit that she compared us to tacos or trees or black beans and rice or rainbows or sunsets or insects. See, that's not the point. Who cares whether she's talking about her taco or not? I'm not insulted by the word taco. I'm insulted by the word rapist and criminal, but I'm not insulted by the word taco. By the way, I said the same thing that I'm saying right now when liberals went ape shit, when, uh, when Trump went out and was eating a taco on Cinco de Mayo and he put out this picture. You remember this? Let me show you. Look at this. Yeah. And man, the liberals went crazy with this. And I thought, big deal. This is it. We're going to make a big deal out of this compared to the other stuff this guy's done? I mean, that's... Look, we've got bigger fires to put out. Bigger fires to be mad about than the image of a taco. So what we should be pissed off about that Jill Biden did was, if anything, that she butchered the word for Latino supermarket, which tells you that she really knows nothing about us and was just reading a script that somebody had written for her. And that's a mistake. I mean, it's not to bombast her, but really, can she have any idea what 
a Latino supermarket is when she pronounces Latino supermarket like this? As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx? The, bo <laughs> the Bogodas of the Bronx. Wow. Um, you know how you can tell that somebody has no clue what a word is in a sentence because they've never seen it before and they're probably reading it for the first time? I mean, Bogoda, Bogoda. Thousands of my Colombian friends were so excited. They were like, ay, que bueno, la primera dama ya sabe. She knows our capital city. They thought she was talking about Bogota. Of course, what she meant was bodega, bodega. She was simply trying to do what politicians always do. She was trying to placate her audience by sounding relatable. Note to politicians, you don't need to do that. You can talk to Latinos about Ukraine. You could talk to them about education. You could talk to them about the economic situation we're all going under, going through right now. Yes. You don't have to go there and try and pretend that you can tell Latinos about Latinos. Nor should you do that with African Americans or with Asians or with Jews or with anybody. But you know what you really need to stop doing? And this is just, this isn't just the first lady. It's everybody. Stop telling us that we're all not the same. Stop saying Latinos are not all the same. Seriously, stop. For starters, you could say this about anybody. So why do you only say that about us? Only Latinos are not the same? I mean, how, how, how come everybody isn't going around saying, you know, those Irish, those Irish, they're not all the same. Norwegians, not the same. Swedes, oh no, not the same. Floridians, oh my God, they're so different. Californians, not all the same, very different. Yes, you get the picture. By the way, just for the record, we Latinos are actually much more the same than most of those groups that I just mentioned right now, including Americans as a whole. You want to start with religion? Go ahead. Let's start there. 83% of us Latinos in the United States attend church or are affiliated with a religion. And of those, 60% are Catholic. Think about that. 83% identify with a specific church or religion, and 60% are Catholic. That doesn't sound to me like a group of people that are all over the place. You want to see what different really looks like? Let me break down what non-Latinos in the United States uh, represent when it comes to religion. You know, the folks who go on TV and call us all very different. You want to see how really different looks like? Among European Americans, as opposed to Latino or African Americans in the United States, 22% are Catholic. Only 22. Remember, 60% with Latinos. 22% with uh, non-Latinos. And let's break down the rest of their religion. Ready? 17% Baptist. 6.2% Methodist. 4.6% Lutheran, 4.5% non-denominational, non Pentecostal, 4, Presbyterian, 2.7, Restorationist, I don't even know what that is, 2.1, Anglican, 1.5. You see what I mean? That, that is what uh, not monolithic looks like. But yet, no, we're the ones who are not monolithic, right? I mean, that's what different looks like. Yet all the headlines are screaming every single day about how different we are, right? How we're not monolithic. Let's do politics. Same thing. I mean, we're hearing this all the time now. Turn on your news. I don't care who the hell you watch. They're going to tell you 
Let me tell you, because I am an expert on the Latino vote, that they are not monolithic now in terms of their politics. Here, listen to these cuts. We got to stop acting like all Latinos and Latinas are the same people. A Cuban is not the same as a Puerto Rican, not the same as a Guatemalan. So to me, it seems like one big additional ploy to call claw back a group they think votes in a monolithic way. Latino identity isn't monolithic, and increasingly, that's true of their politics as well. You know, Dan, I'm curious how, I know that it, it, it's, it's not monolithic, I get that. Not monolithic, he gets that. They all get that. We're not monolithic, we're not monolithic, we're not monolithic, monolithic, monolithic. Man, after a while, all of these people are like hooked on stupid. They found one message that isn't even true, and they play it and say it over and over and over and over again. What the fuck? I mean, here's the message. We're all told that Latinos are now politically very divided, right? They're not monolithic, Latinos, in terms of how they vote, in terms of how they see themselves politically. Really? Let's do some fact checks on this. What do you say we check the facts? According to Pew, traditionally, like over the last 20 years, 67% of Latinos would describe themselves as Democrats. That's a low number I'm using. Only 20% describe themselves as Republicans. Wow, sounds very different from what you just heard, right? And by the way, that sounds pretty monolithic to me. Again, it's not like they're all over the place. Yes, I get the message. Trump did do better with Latinos in Florida. In Florida. And that's pretty much it. Yet, you would think... He won everywhere the same way that he won in Florida, which, by the way, he didn't even win Florida. At least in terms of Latinos' vote. In fact, here's a study. This is from the universe. This is from uh, UCLA. UCLA researchers did uh, uh, a study on uh, the voting patterns in the last election: Biden versus Trump. In 12 of the key swing states, they found, in other words, where it really mattered, Latinos supported. Biden over Trump by a margin of two to one, right? And in nine of those states, nine of the 13 battleground states, including Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, the margin for Latinos choosing Biden over Trump, three to one. Three to one. And yet, apparently these guys on, on, the, on the talking box are telling us that's not the case. Only in Florida was Biden's margin among Latino voters less than two to one. So there you go. So much for the screaming headlines that Mexicans are now lining up to go vote for the guy who said this about them. They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Yeah, maybe it was the one who assumed they were the good people who went <laughs> and decided to vote for him. Who knows? So why are we constantly being hit over the head? with this Latinos are not the same. Latinos are not monolithic. Why aren't they saying that about others? Or even about Americans in general, who really are. I mean, we as Americans, uh, you know, in totality, really are a mixed bag. Aha, I know. Good question, but you know the expression divide and conquer? I know it sounds trite, because we've heard it a million times. But you know, sometimes what you hear is the truth. And in this case, I think it is. Think about it. So we are right now, Latinos in the United States, 
20% of the population of the United States. And soon, very soon, we're going to be 30% of the population in the United States. That means one-fourth of the population. We are young. We are affluent. We speak English. We create more jobs and start more businesses. Hell, we're the third fastest growing GDP in the entire world and ahead of the United States itself. In other words, we are a force to be reckoned with. That's you, if you're Latino. And especially, especially if we come together. If we all come together, I mean, talk about a force to be reckoned with. But if they can, if they can keep us apart somehow by having, to, having us buy into the bullshit argument that we can't and shouldn't come together because we're so different, so unbelievably different. We can never agree on anything. Where then, if they can convince us of that and everybody else, then we're essentially powerless. We're emasculated. And that is exactly where they want us. Think about that. Fact is, we have a hell of a lot in common as Latinos in America. A hell of a lot in common. I mean, much more than what we don't have in common, and much more than most other cohorts in the United States. We are more hardworking. We are more family-oriented. We are more religious, right? We are more patriotic. We are more apt to join the military of the United States. In fact, more apt to join the Marine Force, the, the Marines. More apt to speak a second language. More apt to love baseball and boxing and football or soccer. And much more apt to think that this guy, this guy, is a joke for this. Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? I mean, those are amazing images, right? They're important images. So you know what? Do me a favor. And do yourself a favor. The next time that somebody comes up and says about you as a Latino that you are so incredibly different, none of you people are the same. None of you people are the same. Call bullshit. Because what they're really, because what they're really telling you is they don't want you to be the same. They don't want us to be the same. Joining us now is Monique Marvez. You know, it's interesting you use that Latina diva line. Where did that come from, Monique? Interestingly enough, to speak to what you're talking about, that was Showtime. Showtime called us the Latin divas of comedy, and they felt like it stuck, and they were excited about it. But I think that there could have been a better title for that for us. Because I'm not like really a diva. Why? Well, a diva to me implies high maintenance and yeah. very little return on investment. <laughs> I get it. And you don't want to be called somebody who's, uh, you know, we're looking at it from a relationship standpoint. You're right. Divas, not usually what guys go out looking for, you mean, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, they like low maintenance, high return on investment. There is probably no more important force in the United States today than Latinos in general, but even more important are Latinas, Amen. Latinas, right? I, I want to get something off my chest, my ample, very feminine chest. Yeah. 
Uh, let's. Can we do away with Latin X straight out the gate? You are singing my song, sweetheart. I'm telling you right now, I have never seen a word just come out of nowhere, like from some think tank somewhere that has nothing the hell to do with us. That's what I think. I can't wait to hear what you think. Well, first of all, the way it's spelled, you would pronounce it Latinx. (laughs) (laughs) There's no hyphen. There's no capital X. It's just Latinx. Yeah. Uh, which which stinks. So I, I really, I looked it up to see the origin and Latin X was used specifically in a newspaper article to describe a trans person, not the whole community. Right. Somebody just ran with a ball that nobody needed to run with. I get trans. Yeah. But why we're called a romance language is because of a and o. It is romantic to say that a table is feminine. Yes. La mesa. That's the origin of romance languages. So nobody's saying French X. Nobody's saying Italian X. It was a very specific thing. And we're not specific. I can't help but wonder why us... Because I get it. If you believe there are certain people that want to feel they're included in the trans community, okay, so then we have to say American X and Irish X and Jamaican X and everything else X. Why is it when they want to do something like this, we get it? Nobody else gets it. Just we get it, Monique. Well, I think to be perfectly candid, which is how we roll, Rick, um, my challenge is that I think people are intimidated by the Latino community in general. Why? Well, we're, edu- we're educated. Yeah. We're a force. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Miami. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Cubans that came over in the Freedom Flights and afterwards redefined a backwater, redneck stop on the way to the Keys into a world-class city. And anybody who says different is lying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important that we recognize that it's gone so far beyond that, right? I mean, I guess if we think about it, as we've said on this podcast many times in the past, Latinos are now, if they were a country, the seventh largest economic force in the world, the seventh largest GDP in the world. And in terms of growth, We're the third fastest growing GDP in the world, only behind China and India, and ahead of the United States itself. So we are, no question, a force to be reckoned with. Is that why I keep hearing, and that's what we've been talking about on this podcast, is that why I keep hearing, oh, they're all different. Oh, they're not monolithic. Oh, they're all different. Are they saying that because we don't, they don't want us to come together maybe? Amen. It's, it's, I, and I say amen a lot because I am Catolica. Mm-hmm. And because we are a force that is very united by a few things. Our love of our families. Yep. Our respect for our elders. Mm-hmm. The use of the wisdom of our elders. Mm-hmm. The fact that we pull together. And the fact that most of us are faith-based. Mm-hmm. And those are very powerful unifying factors that give you a lot of motivation. 
And last time I checked, by the way, because uh, they there seems to be this uh, new message out there where they seem to be implying that politically we are just split down the middle. We can't decide on anything. I just looked at the numbers. Latinos are 60 to 70 percent Democratic voters and have been for the past 30 years. More recently, they've started to move a little bit more toward the Republican Party. And Trump did do well, give him credit, in Florida, but only in Florida. Only in Florida. To hear the news guys talk, you'd think the Latino vote is 50-50. It's not. No, you are correct. And here's what I've researched. Number one, there's a history, and you know this being Cuban, uh -huh. that Cubans who are affluent and hardworking are the ones that tend to lean conservative. And that goes back to a historical feeling that Kennedy allowed Cuba to fall. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a historical problem. It has nothing to do with the present. You are, oh my God, so few people know that. There was something about the Bay of Pigs and we felt... Oh, there was a lot about the Bay of Pigs, my, but we don't have to get into it now. My mom and dad and my grandparents and the grandparents and the moms and dads of many Cubans to this day feel like John F. Kennedy and his brother Bobby literally betrayed us when they said, we're going to get you back your country. And then just at the last minute in the 11th hour, as we like to say, they said, Ah, nah, can't do this. We've decided we're not going to send in the troops. So you guys are on your own. And those poor sons of bitches, they got slaughtered there in La Bahia de Cochinos. And to this day, you're right. The Cubans say, see, Kennedy was a communist. <laughs> and, that, and that's not true. No. He comes from bootleggers who are about as capitalist as they get. Yeah. But what he did was call off the airstrikes. Mm-hmm. They were still plenty of trained guys on the ground, but they didn't understand the terrain that the Bay of Pigs was actually a misnomer and it was a swamp. Yeah, it was. And they were sitting ducks. Mm -hmm. But it's a historical fact that happened before my lifetime and I'm sure before yours as well, which has nothing to do with how people feel now about voting. This, this new generation doesn't think that way. You know, it's funny. We were sitting today as we were planning this particular show and preparing to have this conversation with you. I adore you, by the way. Everything it's about mutual. you is wonderful. You're cool. You're cool. My wife and I sat up last night watching your videos on YouTube, and we were laughing our asses off. You really you. helped us in many ways. Yay. <laughs> so shut up. Rub the bunnies. So, I hope she got that <laughs> message. So listen, um, we're sitting here. Don't embarrass me. My goodness. So we were, we, were, we were sitting here in this room, and we're, we're a Honduran, an Argentinian, a Mexicano, a Cuban, a uh, Venezuelan. I mean, a, a hodgepodge of people from all of these countries, because obviously this is Agua Media, and it's run by a bunch of Latinos from all over the place. And the fascinating thing is we asked ourselves, are we not alike? Do we not get along? Do we not have more interests that are in common that, 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 than those that are distant or different? And every one of us sat there and, yes. Where the hell are they getting this argument? I hear it every day. The Latinos are not monolithic. The Mexicans are this and, the, and the, these guys. It's just, where did, where did they decide to start saying this shit and getting away with it? Because they feel if they can convince us of that, if you keep saying it, it's hype. And if you hype something enough then we start to think maybe we are different and maybe I'm the, and it, and you know what? We do need to come together. Mm -hmm. 
In fact, I do a bit in my act where I say in LA, people always say, I say, I'm 100% Latina. And they go, you don't look Mexican. Mm-hmm. I go, well, I'm not Mexican, you know? And then I make some jokes about it. And I say, my mother has a master's. My father was an architect. Like, what is what does a Mexican look like? Exactly. Because <laughs> last time I checked, Jorge Ramos uh, doesn't look uh, any different than uh, most of the guys. In fact, he looks more like Anderson Cooper than me. My mom has blue eyes. Yeah. So, so I, I tell them, what, is, what, is, what do I look like? It so, begs the question. So, so here's the thing. When we talk about ourselves and when you talk about Latinos, I think the key is to describe them perhaps as Latinos in general. In other words, right. Latinos in America. So if you were to stop right now and say to Monique or Rick, what would you guys like to be called? I think I would like to say, just call me a Latino American. That's all I am. You want to be specific? You can call me a Cuban-American. And you can call my friend Jerry a Mexican-American, who's right here right now, and I'm looking at him right there. Jerry is a Mexican-American. But together, we're both Latino-Americans. So stop with the people of color, and stop with the brown, and stop with the yellows, and stop with all that other crap, and stop with the X, and just say Latino-American. We would be very grateful if you did that for us. Do you agree? I, well, not only do I agree, but I want to take it a step further. When uh-huh. you have to check race box and they have Hispanic as a race, <laughs> that I, I tell people in California, because I never felt racism as a Latina, because I jokingly say I grew up in Miami, the capital of Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know we were a minority till I was 28. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But I, But I say, if you tell a Cuban that they're not white, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, right. They're and like, not that that should even be an issue, right? but it's ignorance. But why are you describing me by a color? That's all. I Amen. Mean, m- m- Cubans are black. Cubans are black. Like 30% of the population of Cuba is black. Just like 30% or actually 12% of the population of the United States is, is black. So there are Afro-Cubans just like there are Afro-Americans. But yes. you don't say Americans are non-white. You just say, uh, but for some reason, we give Americans the color white, and then we split all the other colors in be- between everybody else. And well, I think it's wrong. a mindset, like a wasp, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Like, you never hear the expression wasp anymore, but it was a big thing in the 80s and 90s, even dating back to the 70s, and guess who's coming to dinner? But I ask people, I say, you know, number one, what does white mean? Right. Is a Belgian person the same as an English person, the same as a French person, the same as a Spaniard? Why are all Europeans white? Not to mention. Sorry about the dog. No, that's fine. Not to mention. And I think he's trying to make a point as well. Yeah, because he's blonde. He's a golden (laughs) retriever, and he's very offended by all of this. Not to mention, most of my African-American friends like the term African-American. Yes. They, they prefer African-American than to be given a color designation because I have African-American friends who are just as light as I am. And I have African-American friends who are very dark skinned. And I know a lot of, uh, you know, fellas who are my buddies who grew up in the Bronx and Brooklyn who are Italian-Americans who are five shades darker than I am. But they and get the Indians. category of white and I don't. Explain this to me. Technically, East Indians count as Asian, as subcontinent Asian, and East Indians can be as dark as, you know, an Afro-Caribbean person. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why are colors? When did we turn into Panatone? By the way, here's another one when, when it comes to colors. When we were growing up, I remember it was wrong and offensive to say that someone was a colored person, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, maybe back in the 40s and 50s, people would say, oh, he's a colored person. The, the, those folks over there in that neighborhood on the other side of the tracks, that's where the colored people live. And then we were taught that's an offensive term. Stop using colored. Stop saying colored people. So we stop saying it. Well, now the media has brought it back. They're telling people us, no, color. please say that we're people of color. So you turn on The View and you turn on all these uh, woke morons, especially the liberals, by the way. They're the worst. And you hear them saying people of color, people of color. So all of a sudden, there's only two kinds of people in America. There's white people, whatever the hell that means. And then there's the Indians and the Arabs and the, and the Cubans and the Mexicans and the Jamaicans and the, and the African-Americans. And everybody else is just a people of color. Man, does that sound stupid to you or what? It, it not only sounds stupid, again, it sounds as uninclusive and divisive and designed to keep people from coming together as any words you can think of. Yeah. I, I think culturally, you have to define people by, if you want to separate people, I get it. But define them by their specific cultures. Yeah. Latino culture is this way. Afro-Cuban Yes. Uh, African-American, Afro-Caribbean. It blows white people's minds, if you want to use the term white people, when they see a Dominican speaking Spanish. Right. Are you black or are you Latino? Or, or, or you want me to give you a really cool one? I was just reading this unbelievable uh, story last week about Mexicans. There's a certain part of Mexico. Jerry, you may know where, the, where this is. I don't know exactly where this is, but there's a certain part of, of Mexico. It's in the southern border, not far from Chiapas, where everyone there is African-Mexican. So, or Mexican-African. I don't even know what the hell it's called, but they're, 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 they look like the, many of the African-Americans here in the United States. And when we think of Mexico, we don't think of, a, of an African-Mexican community, but there is a very large contingent of that in Mexico. So, you know, who knew? So, so yeah, I agree with you. Define it down by specifics. I, I always say, come down the ladder of abstractions. Latino Americans, and then you could say Venezuelan American. You can even say Venezuelan American from the coast of Venezuela. Now you're defining it down even more. And the more we define down, the more intelligent we are. The more intelligent we are, the better we communicate Agreed. with each other. The more we understand each other, right? And here's the thing also, the Gen Zers don't think that way. Huh. And if we're gonna be progressive and embrace the younger people and get them involved in politics, in decision-making, in what I what we used to study civics, I know I'm dating myself. I don't mm -hmm. think people do civics anymore. Remember civics, Rick? Yeah, I remember civics. Civics. Yes, Mrs. McIlvain but, taught me civics in Mayim Walters Elementary School in Hialeah, Florida. Yeah, well, I had Mr. Dupree in Coral <laughs> Gables High. So the idea that we want people to invest in a community and be involved in a society. You have to let them walk through the door they want to walk through. Uh -huh. you, can't, you, you can't tell them you're invited, but you can only come through this door. You have to allow them to bring their experience. And they are not defining people by color, by gender. Like, who cares if you're African-American? They don't even care if you're male or female. Is this, is this something that you ascribe more 
I asked, I made this point a little while ago, but I'd like to hear what you think. Do you ascribe this more to the left or the right? Is this something you see more from Fox News or from, or from Rachel Maddow or from all of them? I think, honestly, everybody's an equal offender on this because I remember when George Bush was talking about his grandchildren with love yeah. and called them my little brown babies. I was like, what? I know. And I gave him a pass because you know what? I think what he meant was in the present. Like um, my daughter, Savannah, who has blonde hair because I married a gringa, a hillbilly girl from Georgia. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> Mejore la raza, um, <laughs> as, as my dad would say. Um, so, and, and I remember like when she would get really, really tan, she would get really dark. And I'd say, oh my God, look at that little brown blonde thing. So I didn't mean it in any other way other than to describe it. And I think on that day, uh, I think that's kind of what he meant. And it was turned into something else. Like, by the way, I don't give a crap that Jill Biden said that Mexicans are just as diverse as the tacos they eat. I mean, if we're going to get pissed off at that kind of shit, then we should have probably just then we per, we probably should have put Donald Trump on a firing squad for saying that we are uh, rapists and murderers and criminals and stuff. I mean, those aren't even comparable. You know what I mean? I get it. And here's what I, I you said you loved me earlier. So now I'm going to repeat it back to you. Yeah. Number one, you're an honorary Gen Zer because the kids are all about the feeling and intention. And you are smart enough to parse out what the person's intention was behind the words. Mm -hmm. And that's how they roll. The kids, it's all about a feeling. Good for them. If that's the case, then I'm honorary Gen Zer and I will gladly take on that duty, that role, that title because. When she said that, she was not trying to insult Mexicans. She was trying no. to, in her own old, placating, political way, do what she thought was the right thing to do. But as I say in this podcast, and you heard me say it, anytime you go sit and talk to a group of people and you tell them about themselves, you're fucking up. You know, we don't want to have Jill Biden tell us what it's like to be Mexican or Latino or, you know, what we want you to talk about, Jill Biden. Talk to us about education. Talk to us about yes. Ukraine. Talk to us about inflation. Yes. Talk to us about the things that are going on in the world. Just because we're Mexicans doesn't mean you have to talk to us about tacos or culture or Cinco de Mayo or any of these other stupid things. Stop placating us. If you went to talk to another group of intelligent people, you wouldn't talk to them about something stupid like that. Why are you picking? Why are you dumbing yourself down to talk to us? They do this shit all the time and it makes me fucking crazy. Well, the first rule of being a performer, which as a public speaker and now with social media, everyone's a performer. Yeah. And the secret to my success is that I don't pander. I get to know my audience and I tell my story and let them figure out how to relate to it. And people come up to me after every show and say, you know what? I'm Greek, but you're talking about your Latino family. I get it. You talk a lot about what it's like to be a woman and dealing with your role as a woman in the United States, forget Latina, just your role as Correct. a woman in the United States and how that affects relationships. And as I was listening to you last night on the YouTube -y thing, 
I was thinking, man, she is nailing it. And I could see my wife leaning forward, listening to you like she I was connecting with you, but not as much as she was. She totally freaking got you. Yay. Let's hear it for the Georgia hillbilly. <laughs> I love her already. But here's here's the thing, Rick, is that people are people are people. Yeah. And then the rest is a meat suit. So when I relate to people, I relate to their intentions, their soul, what matters to them. And it's always going to come down to family, something bigger than them, a benevolent force. And what can we do as community, the family of man, not the family of colored man or white man, to move forward? Let me ask you a question on that note. Do you think, speaking Latino to Latino, I thought that day when Donald Trump came out and declared his candidacy by calling us essentially criminals and rapists, and I suppose some of them are good people. Um, <laughs> not bad, huh? That's very good. <laughs> if he had said that about any other group in the United States, do you think he still would have been able to get to the presidency? Yeah, I'm sad to say, but yes. Really? I think at that point he just instilled a lot of it's our time to take it back because I was so offended by his marching orders, make America great again. Yeah, right. When were we not great? We might not be perfect, but when were we not great? We've always actually been imperfect. And if you go back to when, I think a lot of these people think we were great when they used to sit around watching Leave it to Beaver and Dennis the Menace. But if you go back to the era of Leave it to Beaver and Dennis the Menace, it was actually great to be a white male. But I don't think it was all that great to be a female. It was certainly not great to be a Mexican-American in uh, nope. Texas. It was certainly not great to be an African-American pre-civil rights movement. So I don't understand either what they mean by that, if that's what they're well, referring to. Well, my grandparents re reminded me that in the early 60s, black people were not allowed north of Flagler after dark. Yeah. Flagler, for those of you who may not know, is the street that divides Miami in half. And, 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 and essentially, the side that uh, Monique is talking about is the side that goes closest to the Atlantic Ocean, the beach. So basically, fancy people were allowed to have residents near the ocean. And anybody who came in that residence late at night was essentially going to be pulled over by a cop or worse. Or yes. worse. Yeah. So, the, you know, and, and Henry Flagler, of course, one of the co-founders of Standard Oil, very rich, very white guy. <laughs> Where um, you're, you're sensational, by the way, and I'm so glad we had a chance to do this. Where can Me we too. see you more? Where, what are you doing? What, 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 where is Mo Monique Marvez these days? Well, the good news is that COVID did for me what the depression did for Charlie Chaplin. Because I'm inclusive, because I'm positive, because I come from humble beginnings, uh, people have found me. So right now I'm currently on Amazon Prime with Snoop Dogg Presents the Bad Curls of Comedy and Latin Divas of Comedy. Uh -huh. I'm on Showtime with women of a certain age, which I'm a little offended by because there's no gonads going south for men. Um, and I'm also on HBO Max with Ha Comedy Arts Festival. So I'm on all three premium channels, and YouTube is lousy with Monique Marvez videos. Huh. I think we should do something together, you and I. I would love that. You are like my kindred. Don't say it twice or I'll be in your front yard. <laughs> 
You're like my kindred fucking spirit. You're like the cousin I didn't know I had. You're like that uh, girl next door that uh, I always wanted to make out with, man. You're like so cool. I, I feel exactly the same way about you. And I love this conversation because you know what I love about you? When I was on KFI, my boss, Robin Bertolucci, used to say, you get hate mail from both sides and that's a good sign. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're one of them. You know, I always used to say on that show where you would fill in for me to my audience, if you agree with everything that I am saying every day, do yourself a favor, call a psychiatrist because you need help. And, and that's just the way it should be. We shouldn't agree with everything we all say to each other, but we shouldn't right. be afraid to talk to each other also. And, uh, and that's what I like about you. You say what you think, and so do I. Maybe- I have no reason not to because I'm not externally driven. If you don't like me... I can live with that. If I don't like me, I can't live with that. That's fantastic. Thank you, girlfriend. Thank you. Promise me we'll do this again. We will. There is no question. We will yes. do this again. You're a yes. star. Estrella. One quick plug. Dale. I'm in Santa Barbara Friday night for anybody in Southern California. Look on my social media, at Monique Marvez. I'm everywhere, MoniqueMarvez.com. Rick, you truly... Mi gente. <laughs> Gracias, mi niña. I appreciate Gracias. it. Adelante. Dale. Adelante. Wow. What an amazing conversation. That's what we are. This is Agua Media. This is Rick Sanchez News. We have what I think are empowering conversations from a Latino perspective. You're not going to hear this shit anywhere else. You just won't. And that's why it's important that we talk to each other. And when people say that we're all different, we need to call bullshit. And I'm so glad that uh, Monique was able to uh, join us in that uh, conversation. You can catch this podcast on Spotify. You can catch it on uh, Apple, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, right there where it says watch now, press that button. We'll take you there. And you can choose however it is that you want to watch us. And of course, if you're on uh, YouTube right now and you're checking us out, do me a favor, subscribe. Te necesito. We need you. We'll be looking for you. Agua. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.